But this is something that just the Lord won't leave me alone with. But we're going to be in Matthew 17 and verse 14. And when you're there, if you would stand for the reading of God's word, if you're able, read a few verses and then we'll let you sit down and land. And just so you know, I will get to verses 22 and 23 later in my message. So be ready for that. But beginning in verse 14. This is when Jesus and the three disciples that he took up to the Mount of Transfiguration are now coming down. There's a multitude waiting on them. And it says in verse 14, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire, or oft into the water. And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, this is, this is something not easy to hear, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. And Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And there came, and then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as of a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say to this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall be removed, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for the worship in this house, the spirit that I feel in this house. And God, I thank you for your word and its anointing. And I ask that it would go forth and penetrate hearts and lives and challenge and change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. So we see here that Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration where he shows almost his true form to three disciples. And we find that as he comes down, he comes down into a situation where a man has brought his son, he calls him a lunatic, which is just a, another variation of he is possessed. And he says that this, this possession is trying to get this young man to throw himself into the fire and into the water. It's trying to cause the young man to end his life. And Jesus speaks to them and he says, you're a faithless generation and a perverse generation. And, and he says, bring the man to me, the young boy to me. And he delivers him and his disciples come to him wondering why. Because the man said, I, Jesus, I brought my son to your disciples, but they could not do anything with him. And they wanted to know why. Why could we not cast them out? 
And I want you to know for the record here tonight that these are disciples that had already been sent out by Jesus in chapters previous to preach the gospel and to heal the sick and to cast out devils. But for some reason, they could not seem to handle what was vexing this young boy. And Jesus handles it and he says, listen, he said, this, this, this was not done because of your unbelief. And he goes on in verse 21 and says, how be it this kind, turn to your neighbor and say, this kind, goes out by prayer and fasting. This kind goes out by prayer and fasting. It's as if Jesus is saying that this, Brother Michael, is a new level. This is a new area that you have not yet gone to. Many, many theologians will argue, is he saying this kind of faithlessness will go out by prayer and fasting? Or is it this kind of demonic, wicked presence that will not go out by prayer and fasting? And my answer to that is yes. I believe that Jesus is addressing both that this kind of faithlessness only goes out by prayer and fasting, and also that this wickedness is dispersed only by prayer and fasting. If you want it and desire to see, he, he, he almost challenges them, if you, if you want to see this kind go, this kind requires you to go to a deeper level in me. It requires you to literally, he alludes to prayer and fasting, it requires you to become hungry. I, I, I'm going to do something for, the, for, for, for a moment. Cameron, I want you to come up here and I want you to help me. And, 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 and we had problems getting this on the screen, but I, I would show you if, if I could. But I mean, we're on a fast, right? How does that look? Tell the people what it is. It is a medium rare steak because that's the way you eat it. Yeah. That's how you eat it. That's not how I eat it. Okay, so I, I mean, it's a picture of a steak and some really crispy looking steak fries. And, and now this is not me. This, I mean, it's not me either, but what is it? It, it's a salad. It's a salad. Okay, you know, I threw that in there just because of my wife. Uh, she's a salad eater. Listen, I don't. I don't graze. I eat animals that graze. Okay, so so what 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 this one got me? What is this one? Uh, your favorite biscuits and gravy. It is biscuits and gravy. Okay, the gravy shot gets me. Okay, I, I that that's hard for me. And 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 listen, I know we're fasting, and you say that that's so mean to to show Cameron that food. But but what happens is is when you look at it. Something begins to turn and your, your stomach begins to make noises that are, are uncommon and your mouth gets a little warm inside and, and Terry, I want to eat it. 
I, I become hungry for something that I see before I, I have even smelled it or touched it. It's, it. it's Tyler, it's just like I just saw it and it, it looks so good. Thank you. You can sit down. Give Cameron a hand tonight for helping me out real quick. I wish I could show it to you because, because when, when I saw, I mean, when I saw the gravy over that biscuit and it's, it's borderline spiritual and, and, and it's so good, but you know, we're fasting and it's hard, but I hunger for that. I, I, excuse me, I desire for that. I, I mean, I, I would love to call Mammal up and say, Mammal, I'm coming. Get, get, it, get it in the pan. Get the biscuits in the oven. I'm coming, Mammal. Have it ready for me. I would love to do that. But, but I desire that because I've seen it. And now the disciples have seen that they are inadequate to, to approach the issue that was going on in that day and in that time. And now they say, listen, Jesus, why could we not cast this wickedness out why did we not have the faith and he says it's because you're not hungry for it it's because you're not hungry for it he says this kind of wickedness flees at prayer and fasting this kind of faithlessness flees and disappears with prayer and fasting what what Jesus is showing them here is there is a dimension, there's a deeper place in me that you have not yet walked in. And I want to tell you tonight that PTC, while we're fasting and while we're praying, it's not just a diet, it's not just a religious activity, but I want you to know that the enemy has this kind, this kind of wickedness, and the church has this kind of faithlessness. But I want this kind, I'm talking about the word of God I want this kind of life I want a surrendered life I want a powerful life I want a life filled with anointing and authority I want this kind not what the devil has not the wickedness outside these walls in the world not the wickedness in politics I want this kind of abundant life that God has promised me and I want you to know that Connorsville needs to know that there is this kind kind of authority, this kind of relationship with God that can push back wickedness, that can operate in faith, that can operate knowing who we are and with confidence in not our own power, but the power of the Holy Ghost. We see here, he says, this kind, this is unique, it's different, this kind of, of wickedness and unbelief comes out by prayer and fasting. By prayer and fasting. I want you to know, I, I heard something this week. It, it was so simple, but I, I, it was so profound to me. It says that to get a result that you've never had before, you have to be willing to do something you've never done before. Many of you will say, well, I've fasted before and, and, and we've done this before. But I want you to know, I don't want 2022 to be like all the other years because I want an abundant life. I want to operate in an authority and a power that when I see wickedness in display in my city, that I would have the faith and the spirit would just rise up in me. And I would have the authority, not, not in myself, but in Christ and in his spirit that dwells on the inside of me to say, listen, this will not stand in my community this will not stand in my home this will not stand in our school 
This will not stand in our government. This will not stand in our families. Church, what needs to happen is we need to find the faith through prayer and fasting that can put to flight this kind of of wickedness. The Bible tells us in James chapter 5 that the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. That effectual means active. The active prayers of a righteous man or woman will availeth much, will prevail much. Church prayer is not just uh, something we say and it is not just ritualistic. uh, But I want to challenge you to become relational with your prayer. I want to challenge you in your fasting to go to, to push yourself in a manner that you have not pushed yourself before. Listen, I'm hungry in the natural, uh, but what fasting is about is saying, God, uh, I want to get closer to you. Uh, I'm hungry. I'm more hungry for you and what you have for me uh, than what this world and what my flesh desires. Uh, If you want change in your schools, uh, if you want change on that college campus, uh, if you want change in your home, uh, if you want change in how your children act, uh, if you want change uh, for your grandchildren and your nieces and nephews, uh, listen, I feel the Lord in this place and I'm going to preach it whether you're excited or not. I want you to know this, uh, that that I want uh, to see chains fall uh, and curses be broken. I want to see addicts set free. I want to step into something that I've never stepped into before and I know unless I crucify this flesh and die to it daily, I'll never receive that kind of power. Church, we need a a power. We need faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 that without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Can I ask you tonight, what are you hungry for? What's your appetite? I'm not talking about the physical. What are you hungry for? What are you fasting for? Are you just fasting because pastor asked you to? Or are you fasting because we decided to come together as a corporate body and say that Connorsville needs change? And for Connorsville to change and for us to see something that we've never seen before, we're going to have to go to a level that we've never been in before. Jesus says this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. This kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Here's the power in prayer. Here's the power in prayer. Moses prayed when God wanted to destroy the Israelites for their disobedience. And he prayed and God withheld his judgment. Prayer is so powerful that when Jehoshaphat and the people in Jerusalem were surrounded, uh, that they began to fast and they began to pray and God began to turn their situation around. I want you to know that prayer is so powerful that that Jesus is recorded telling Peter that I've prayed for you. The enemy desires to have you and to sift you like we, but I have prayed for you that your faith would not fail. His faith did not fail. You say, well, he denied. But his faith did not fail because he was there on the day of Pentecost and stood up with 120 and preached a message under the anointing of the Holy Ghost and 3,000 people got saved. It was so powerful. His prayer was so powerful that it kept 
kept uh, Peter, regardless of the shame, regardless of all these things, it kept him on track. Uh, it kept him hungry enough uh, to see God uh, change. Uh, prayer uh, change his life. Uh, he, I want you to know that prayer is so powerful uh, that when Eutychus in Acts chapter 20 fell uh, from the second story that Paul could go down uh, and grab him uh, and pray for him uh, and take him back upstairs alive and whole. Uh, listen, I, I still believe like you do uh, that there's still power in prayer. Uh, but I want you to know that prayer uh, is not enough to go to this next level. That's the reason we are fasting. Uh, why? Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 13 uh, that through the Spirit we need to mortify uh, or that word means to kill the deeds of the flesh. Uh, why? Because as we pursue a holy God, uh, our flesh must come off of us. Uh, our desire to watch filthiness, uh, to listen to filthiness, uh, to allow things in our home. Uh, our desires have to die uh, so we can know the good and perfect will of God uh, for our home, for our children, uh, for our church, for our lives. Uh, and when we come into alignment with Him, uh, we'll live this kind uh, of abundant life that the Word tells us we can live. They'll come to the music tonight. Are you hungry? Or is this just something we're going to do every year from now on? It's just what we do. People find out you're fasting and, well, our, our church is doing it. Or is it we're fasting because we want to see change? You see, this young man, this generation, this young man was surrounded by a wickedness that obviously the, the disciples had never seen because they could not deal with it. And because they knew that they had not seen this kind, they didn't have the faith. Sorry, they didn't have the faith. To deal with it. And I want you to know, and you, you hear this all the time from this platform. And many of you are parents and grandparents in this house. I may be telling you something new, I may, I may not, but I, I wish, I wish you could experience what these young people experience. Because, you know, back in the day, Chrissy, wickedness was at school. And some of you, it was at home. But many of you that were raised in the church, wickedness wasn't at home. But it was at school. But I want you to know that wickedness follows our children. I, I, I mean, you, you can say what you want about the phone. I, I thank God for technological advances. I, I thank God for that. But listen, our, our generation is, is bombarded by social media day in and day out, and it's full of wickedness and junk. And we got parents that want to be friends and not parents, and they don't want to check anything. They don't, oh, well, I want to give them their privacy. Listen, they're living in your house. Because I want you to know that wickedness does not sleep nor slumber. Fighting for the souls of your children. 
So we as a church should never sleep nor slumber on being vigilant and being the watchman on the wall and saying, no, 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 we don't do that here. We don't do that kind in our home, in our church, in our family. This young man was bound by this wickedness. And the church, which is symbolic of the disciples in this story, was bound with faithlessness. Because they had never seen this kind. So Jesus tells them, when they ask, He says, it's because of your unbelief. And he starts talking about mountains being moved. If you have the faith of a mustard seed. Listen, I don't know about you, but mountains need to be moved in our, in our, our city and in, in our nation. And many of you, mountains need to be moved in your family. But if you want to see wickedness flee, mountains move, and faith rise, you must not just pray. He said, this kind doesn't come out just with prayer. He says, but with prayer and fasting. And I will tell you that in the day and hour that we're living in, we are seeing this kind of wickedness. This man was being thrown into the fire, thrown into the water. I don't know if you've seen it through through COVID-19, the teenage rate of suicide. I don't know if you've ever bothered to look that up or suicide, period. This kind of spirit is taking soul after soul to a place called hell. And the church has sat by for decades and decades with unbelief. We've never seen this kind. But, church, that's why we're praying, that's why we're fasting. Because there may be that kind of evil. But my word tells me that there's this kind of power. This kind of anointing. Jesus tells them it's expedient that I go away so that the Comforter will come. He tells them in Acts chapter 1, what's such a big deal about the Holy Spirit? He said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Why? To face this kind. closing I just want to read to you the next two verses in our text we read to 21 but there's something I believe that's powerful in the next two verses because it Royetta it seems so random what Jesus says here he says and while they abode in Galilee Jesus said unto them The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men and they shall kill Him. And the third day He shall be raised again. And they were exceedingly sorry. So we have in this chapter the Mount of Transfiguration. This young man being delivered. And then 
After this, you have them going to Capernaum, having to pay the toll. Peter goes fishing and he pulls the fish out and there's a, there's a denarii in the, the fish's mouth. But then there's these two verses that just don't, Sister Terry, they don't seem to make sense. It's like Jesus just randomly said, Kelly, oh, by the way, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be killed. But I'm going to rise again. And the Lord really began to speak to me about this. And I find it fascinating because it's Jesus and nothing is by coincidence. And the Bible tells us that, that it itself, that the Bible itself is divinely breathed and Holy Ghost inspired. But Jesus starts talking about His death right after He tells the disciples about this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. So what does that have to do with anything? Jesus, the Bible calls it, He was the propitiation for our sins. He was, he was the perfect sacrifice. And His sacrifice on the cross broke the curse of sin. Him laying down His life broke the curse of sin. So I wonder if we would lay down our flesh through prayer and fasting, if we would break the curse of wickedness on this generation. I wonder if it would break the curse of faithlessness in our churches. He's saying, my sacrifice will break the curse of sin. Your sacrifice will break the curse of this kind. And the Lord began to re just, just speak to me again and again today. And for me to die, that means my nature changes. Me, me, me and Michael know when someone passes away, their color is different. And what was ceases to be. Their nature changes. And what was is no more. You say that, that, sounds, that sounds so sad. But he doesn't leave them there. He says, yes, I'll be betrayed. Yes, I'll be killed. He says, but I will also be resurrected. Because, and the Lord just put this all together for me, because prayer and fasting allows you to die to your flesh. And what was ceases to be. Because His Word tells us that He makes all things new. So prayer and fasting kills the old man and allows you to rise up. You didn't have faith before. What was ceases to be. Because of prayer and fasting, you are made new. That's why the Bible tells us in Romans 12 and 2, be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing, the refreshing of your mind. So if you stand with me across this house,
want you to understand that verses 22 and 23 are not there by accident. It's because of dying to our flesh. And our fleshly desires will result in a restoring and a refreshing of His life, of His power, of His anointing. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to come into 2022 and I want to be refreshed. 2021 was ups and downs. If you watch the news, it was downs and downs. But I want you to know that this kind, this kind of evil that we're dealing with, this kind of faithlessness that we see in the church only comes out with what we're doing by prayer and by fasting. We cannot stay the same. But just as Jesus said, I will die and resurrect, our nature has to change. And our method has to change. Even though our message is the same. So I want to ask you tonight, do you want to deal with this kind of wickedness? Or do you want to live this kind of life? This kind of life that says you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Do you want to live this kind of life that says you're the head and not the tail? Do you want to live this kind of life that says you can lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Do you want to live this kind of life that says that you're more than conquerors through Christ that loved us? Do you want to live this kind of life that says that God greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world? Do you want to live this kind of life? Or do you want to see our nation and our community destroyed by this kind of wickedness? So I leave you with this. What are you hungry for? Why are you fasting? I thank God that you, you, you would say, well, you will pastor ask us to. I thank God that you, you want to partner with leadership in this house. I appreciate that. But I want you to know that I'm not just fasting because my pastor told me to. I'm fasting not only because my brothers and sisters are, but I'm fasting because I want to see this kind of wickedness and faithlessness defeated. You don't have to live in a cycle every year. Well, I had great spiritual highs and then the same thing came and tempted me and I'm, I'm back where I was. You don't have to live in a cycle, a spiritual cycle of life where you're up and down. There's peaks, there's valleys. I know their life will give you peaks and valleys. Jesus tells you, He said, listen, they're going to hate you. But he also said, don't be afraid of them because I have overcome the world. So what are you hungry for? What are you fasting for? Do you want change? So I'm going to ask you tonight to find a place to pray, whether that be at your seat, whether that be at these altars. But if you're here tonight and you say, I just need to be restored. I just need faith restored. Come to these altars. We'll pray with you. If you're here tonight and you say, I want this kind of power that Jesus had. 
Because the Bible tells us, you know, I quoted in Romans 8, 13, where it says you need to mortify the deeds of the flesh. But two verses earlier than that, he says, listen, if the same Spirit, if you're saying the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it should quicken your mortal body. It should energize you. So if you want that kind of power, if you want restored, or if you need Jesus here tonight and you want to know what in the world we're talking about, what kind of life, what kind of abundant life, this altar is open. We're here to pray for you. We're here to pray with you. But wherever you feel comfortable to pray tonight, I ask that we go as a church and not only just fast, but pray. And not only pray, but fast. Because this kind of wickedness, this kind of yoke needs to be destroyed. Not just for us, but for them.